for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 191, recorded on Sunday, January 29th, 2012. Rim Vidwi GGW is brought to you by the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. For more information, visit techpodcasts.tv. And by Minecraft Me, the new show that is all about the hot game Minecraft. For more information, visit geekgamer.tv slash minecraftme. And by Wirecast. Plug in your cameras, prepare your shots, and broadcast live with this powerful software package. For more information about Wirecast, visit telestream.net and click on the Wirecast page. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber Podcast for Geeks and Gamers, where we cover the week's top and sometimes unusual stories in the world of gaming and technology. We are very happy to have you guys join us on this Sunday evening at live.geekgamer.tv. And if you were following us at Geek Gamer TV on Twitter, you would know that we are actually live and doing a show. So welcome to everybody in the chat room hanging out with us. My name is Chase Nunes, and joining me on the show this week, we have... John Kessler. And Joseph Falby. Oh, wait. There's no John Carlo. Oh. Tear. But he is watching the live stream, so we can make fun of him while he's not here. No, that's right. Actually, and that sounded... And not defend himself. That's right. <laughs> that, when Joe said, and Joseph Falby, it sounded like a pre-recorded cut. It was like, <laughs> push the play button? Okay. And Joseph Falby is not really here. Joe is just a pre-recording. Yes. Damn it! I think Joe forgot to hit play. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. He's just he's just uh, nodding. I get a cardboard cutout of myself. Just set it here. Wait, and, uh, wait, like a like a cardboard cutout over John's left shoulder. Yeah, yeah, like 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 Chase has. You know. <laughs> hey, I'm speaking not quite of, sure if I'm if I'm willing to buy myself one though. That's a little absurd. That's why I wouldn't be caught dead buying my own. That, <laughs> that'd be kind of weird, you know, going to the store. Yeah, I'm here to pick up me. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That would be a little on the work. A little on the vein side, wouldn't it? John, I love your shirt, man. Uh, I don't, uh, you might want to stand up a little bit. I don't think anybody can really see. That's really cool. It says, my fist, your face, Hadouken. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Special move. That is very nice. Very cool, man. I wore that all weekend at the land. Oh, you did? Yep. So how was your weekend? Good. <laughs> Just ducking. Okay. <laughs> oh, Sorry. I was scared. <sighs> I was getting really scared there for a minute. How was the chat room? Are they uh, obnoxious? Are they yeah. calm? Uh, yeah, Malik just finally showed up. Oh, then then now we can start. Yes, we can start the show now. All Malik's right. here. Good, good. So you guys did a land party this weekend, huh? Yep, went to a land party. Yeah, we didn't do the oh, land party. Okay. Right. We just were there. Yep. Spe- special shout out to one of our good friends, Carrie Moraz and yep. Mike Morris. Yep. 
They put on something called Damlin, which this this time the Damlin lost some of its mojo because it wasn't at Tugboat. No, it, yep. it lost a little bit of the Tugboat mojo and the restaurant okay. upstairs mojo, yeah. but it gained in the the venue they used. Actually, I thought worked out really really well. Yeah, so very it was cool. Pretty comfortable. It was it was a little bit tight, but I thought it worked actually really well. So very awesome. Well, we have lots of great geek news, a lot of our great gaming mm-hmm. news to cover this week. And you might be thinking, what's the what's the top story? What's the story that these guys are going to lead off with? <gasps> now we got Google. Oh God, we no, got Rim. Answer this. We got Google. We got Rim. But a game that we play all the time that we have a lot of fun with is a game yep. called Battlefield Three. Yep. And you know, I've I've moved up into the officer ranks. Joe just recently moved up to a chief warrant officer two rank. So I'm going to yep. show I'm going to show a screen here. This is Joe's profile page. Um, as you can hey, see, hey, that's what it looks like. That's what yeah, it looks. That's what like. it looks like. Yep. Joe is currently ranked number thirty-six. Last seen a week ago, so Joe hasn't played in a while. No. Why not? Uh, well, I tried to play a little bit over the weekend. Okay. And uh, when I go to log into Battlelog, it pops up and says, "You must buy Battlefield Three to log into Battlelog." Well, that's a good so idea. Like, that's funny. It's right there in Origin. How about that? You bought it. Uh, well, yeah, I bought it a long time ago. Obviously, I've been playing it for fifty hours or however long it says in the in the thing. And um, anyway, I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I didn't really get any info about what that meant. Nobody, none of the facts said anything about what that meant. That was the only, literally, the only message I got. And um, so finally, I hit up EA's online web chat and talked to some guy who was uh, marginally helpful but utterly clueless, um, who uh, told me that Dice had banned me. Uh, apparently permanently for misconduct man joe i, I know i always I, knew I, I always knew it's it's uh, it's because i i i keep knifing snipers in the back and then calling them jerks over skype where where dice obviously can hear me well yeah yeah hey no that you're you're doing some motions yeah squatting uh, yeah, motions that's, that's over, what, yeah over that's right corpse. yeah i was teabagging the guy who teabagged me after he killed him yeah and, 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 uh, then, I, and then in the chat room you're saying or in the chat window you're saying take that you noob yeah and, exactly <laughs> yeah i chat i chat in online games all the freaking time as anybody who knows absolutely know. yeah uh so what so what is dice so you you obviously were a little shocked you tried to log back in again yeah didn't work so I, I like i said talk to ea i said hey so any details besides misconduct and uh, any way to, you know, can I appeal this? What's going on with it? And they said, the guy said, Dice put it in there. That's all the information I have. And that was basically the end of the conversation. What? Um, I mean, I have the whole thing logged, of course, but, but I mean, he was a little more polite than that. But um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing a bit. But sure. basically, yeah, okay. he, he, said, he said, we don't have any more information than that. Dice issued the ban. I'm, I'm forwarding this to Dice. And uh, so it's been moved up to Dice, and Dice will get to it at their leisure, which I'm sure will not be anytime soon. Which will start tomorrow, because it Hopefully, needs to start if tomorrow. If I'm really fortunate, yeah. So he put a tag on there saying, this guy's a whiner, and, and <laughs> yeah. complained that he couldn't play his game. And, well, what, what I thought was really kind of funny is I was like, okay, well, that sucks. So then I said, so is there any way to play, since obviously my online account is disabled, is there any way I can play single player? Not, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he said no because you have to log into Battlelog, which is the answer I expected. But this is another piece of, exa- of evidence why Battlelog is such a stupid thing. Even if I'm super disruptive online, is that really grounds to remove access to the single-player game that I paid for initially? Yeah, you know, it's just stupid. But whatever. 
Well, I'm just going to, you know. Go back to playing Modern Warfare 3. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. All I got to say is, Joe, that's what happens when you hack. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Uh-huh. When I do what, Chase? When you hack. When you, when yeah, you, when tell, hack. When yeah. you tell little kids, little four-year-olds who are playing the game. Yeah. That, uh, hey, you know, noob. I know what, what probably happened is I probably offended uh, offended uh, um, John there. and uh, <laughs> John reported online, you. You know, by, by saying that he was a, a whiny camper who always hangs out on the hills and doesn't do anything useful. No. And he probably went on my profile and said that I was being mean to him and, uh, and that they should, they should do something about it. And I don't know. My, my personally thought is, is, who knows, maybe somebody said I was hacking or, or somebody – you know, put in something on on because you can easily report right in somebody's profile. Um, you know, report them directly to EA or apparently Dice or whoever. And um, I, I, maybe somebody went there and did that. And you know that Battlefield Three right now is a huge witch hunt for um, for hackers. So I'm thinking maybe Dice overreacted to something, and and that's what ended up happening. But what's interesting is you know it, uh, other. Uh, Apparently, I mean, if you look at my account, I'm reasonably upstanding. I don't chat to a whole bunch of people. I'm the head of a, a platoon. I'm a member of several others. I, uh, you know, it's it's not. I'm not the sort of player who who goes and and tries to antagonize everybody. I, I'm really not. No, uh, no. I mean, you, you, your stats are relatively conservative. I mean, you've you've yeah. played. I mean, you don't play a lot, like you know, most of us people who have jobs and. <laughs> <laughs> things yeah. of that nature yeah i mean I, I i don't play play a huge amount of time i'm not you know i'm it it's it's just ridiculous but uh you know we'll we'll have to wait and see hopefully i'll hear something positive back from dice and if i don't then um well i i because of my connections through pdx land i have a few friends of friends who maybe can send a word up the chain to the right people and see what happens well this is something that we're but, going to be following uh, very closely i mean we Oh yeah. We, I mean, oh. obviously, when anything affects one of our own, one of our own, we, we and, and honestly, know. I'm the only person I know in our entire group who's who's had a ban like this on any game. Um, you know, I've I've I don't even I don't think I even know anybody in in uh, in TF2 who doesn't have the uh, that that halo that you got if you weren't um, if you weren't doing the thing to try to acquire free hats. Right. Exactly. So you know, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. There's nothing. Um, John Carlos saying you can always do a class action only due to the terms of service on Origin. You cannot actually sue EA for something that happens with the service. The best you can do is enter into binding arbitration. Let's do it. Let's go binding arbitration. The- well, the, here's the issue with binding arbitration. Okay. All right. EA picks the arbiter. Oh. So yeah. I'm trying to decide the best way to say this without it being too terrible. But I'm pretty sure it's basically they stick you on both ends and uh, leave you to dry. I don't know if you knew this, but actually Giancarlo reported you, and he hasn't even owned the game. So I, I believe it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep up to date on this. If, if things don't get resolved quickly, what Joe will be doing is writing up a nice article for the website, and yeah. uh, we will be pushing that article to Reddit and all the other public mediums out there to get this solved quickly, because these, these type of situations... What I think is extra funny about this is, um, yeah. you know, I helped EA, or I helped Dice run two of their first U.S. tournaments for Battlefield Three, one at PAX uh, PAX Prime, and then an, and then I uh, I helped run uh, GeForce Land Three where we had another 
BF3 tournament. Well, there you go. The you, first 64 player tournament in the U.S. Call up somebody, Joe. I mean, you got. Somebody. I don't have their phone numbers, and the guy they sent over for packs was like the lowest guy they could get who who might have managed to do anything. <laughs> managed, <laughs> but not he is to do in anything. the in the credits for the game. So <laughs> he was a game tester. That's what he was. He was actually. Yeah. He was. Uh, <laughs> he was an engine. Um, I forget what he was called in the credits, but yeah, he was an engine QA guy or something like that. Yeah, well, this is something we're definitely going to follow, and we'll keep you guys abreast of the situation. Uh, just, just stupid because now yeah. I will, I, I will not play BF three without. Well, I tell you this: if they don't, if they don't correct this, I'm never ever going to buy another EA game. Doesn't matter how good it is, honestly. <sighs> yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, well, even if I can't, if I can't play the single player, you know what? I'm, I should go do is I should go pirate it. Yeah. Because then I'd be able to at least play the single-player game because, like we've said before, DRM only hurts legitimate uh, players. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. This is just lame. Terrible. Wrong. It's terrible. It's like John being banned from Eve. John would, John would be going off the hook right now. Yeah, but he'd probably deserve it. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, John. No, it, it, it's, it's just a ridiculous situation. Hopefully it'll yeah, get started. I'll, I'll make sure to keep you guys up to date on what happens. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully I'll hear from DICE tomorrow or the day after. And I don't play it that often, so I'm not really hurting that bad. I'll just go back to playing a non-EA game. Uh, no, I, I like playing BF3. It's like when it's, it's fun. and I'll go play a game uh, by a developer who cares about their customers like Valve. I'll uh, go back and play Half-Life 2 for the 18th time. <laughs> <laughs> well... There's your top story, folks. And uh, if you guys have any information or any contacts uh, that you think we should try, let us know. Send us a note. All that fun jazz. I mean, you guys noticed Joe lost actually lost some more hair over this. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Sean, that's screwed up, man. I know. I wouldn't even go there. Yeah. So uh, speaking of terms of service <laughs> and speaking of legalese and writings and stuff, Google has announced that they're going to form a brand new privacy policy. Now, this new privacy policy is is basically taking all of their different services across 60 different pi- uh, policies and just uh, coming up with one policy for everything. Uh, the changes will take effect on March 1st, 2012. And if you like to keep using the services once the change change occurs, you just you just continue using the service. If you don't agree with these changes... You just sign out, and you never sign back in again. <laughs> much. Um, obviously, the changes are being made uh, because of privacy matters and enhancing the user's experience. Obviously, they will have unique terms of service, I believe, still for YouTube and a couple of their other properties. But pretty much everything will be under this new umbrella. Now, I use Google services quite a bit. I use YouTube. I use Gmail. John uses, I believe, the Gmail side of things for Google. Mm-hmm. Joe, I know you use Gmail as well. Do you guys even uh, give give a rip about these changes? For me personally, I just see it as a uh, uh, consolidating all the stuff. If honestly, if I'm a little afraid of what they're collecting on me, then I don't deserve to be online because companies out there are going to collect some stuff on you. There's it's just a matter of using the net. Uh, but uh, John, do you do you even care about this? I just you know have my. Gmail stuff, so I can use my Android phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't use any of the Google Plus stuff, so right. So this really yeah. doesn't matter to you. No, it's all good. Joe, um, it's it, you know it's important as Google as Google says every time you visit a Google page, it seems like right now they pop up a thing that says this is really important. You should read this, and it is important. It is probably something that we should look through, but honestly, nobody's going to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, very few people are actually going to bother. Well, and um, 
and I, and there are fortunately there are enough watchdog groups out there that are going to look through this, study it with a fine tooth comb, and then tell us what parts we should freak out about. Well, I mean, this way somebody can't go. What I didn't know. What you guys changed it? I wasn't aware. It's like yeah. You know, if they if they throw it up there in your face every time and say, "Hey, you know, there's no excuse for you not knowing that we changed it." Yeah. You well, know, I think it's it is good too that it goes from sixty different terms of services or, or privacy policies to one, um, which obviously it is it can't be bad because it should be at least a little bit cleaner, a little bit more straightforward. So, I think it's probably a good thing. We'll have to wait and see how how many people freak out about it. I'm not freaked out. I'm actually happy that they're having one size fits all approach. This way, you can find the loopholes a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, another huge piece of news that hit the geek press this past week is there's a huge shakeup over at RIM, Research in Motion, home of the BlackBerry. A new CEO is in, in now in place. And also, BlackBerry 10, going to be suffering some delays. And also, there's some rumors of a potential buyout. But in all sense of the word... They're making some major changes over there at BlackBerry because, obviously, RIM's losing market share. They're, they're losing it by the day. I was just telling Joe that the other day that my company decided that they're going to be getting rid of the Blackberries that we currently use and switching us over to iPhone 4Ss from Verizon. Uh, so, obviously, enterprise customers are starting to wake up a little bit, not seeing the innovation that they've been seeing from android platforms and ios platforms the hardware's been lacking a little bit on the mobile handset side for for rim for for a while now so obviously they've made a change now the former ceo is still remaining i believe on the board uh, so he's still hanging around rim but um, do you guys see this as possibly the beginning of the end of blackberry now joe i'll start with you because you work with enterprise stuff obviously with a local city in oregon so this might affect you a little bit when it comes to RIM and BlackBerry. So well, what do you think? You know, not really. And, okay. um, and I think it's, it's interesting what you said about, you know, they're losing market share. I think in addition to losing customers, a bigger part is, or what seems like a lot of market share they're losing, is that they're not getting many, as many new customers right. as other smartphones are getting. So while the rest of the world is picking up Android, uh, iPhones, and Windows phones, not a lot of consumers are picking up Blackberries because, honestly, as a consumer phone, Blackberries suck. Um, on a business phone, they don't, they're not really all that great either. They do have some nice features, but they're not that great. But we do have a BlackBerry Enterprise server. We are getting rid of it. Um, we are waiting for our city manager to officially decree that we are no longer supporting smartphones or Blackberries at the city and that we will instead give employees a stipend to buy their own. Um, that is something that's probably going to happen just as a cost savings measure for us so that we don't have to deal with supporting it. But, um, I think this is interesting. I don't think this is the beginning of the end. I think the beginning of the end was back when everybody figured out that there's a very small number of servers that go down and take down every BlackBerry on the planet. Um, honestly, I think that was when the beginning of the end for, for corporate customers was because that sort of having just a couple centralized locations that if they have problems takes down every BlackBerry on Earth, that's a big issue. Um, Do you think part of the problem with BlackBerry is maybe some of the hardware that they're using and where, you know, it just feels... Like performance-wise? Yeah, older and sluggish-wise. I don't, I don't think that's as much of an issue as um, their adherence to, to an older technology, a more restrictive requirement on, 
on how they, they manage their devices. You know, everything has to go through their servers. Everything has to go through. Um, I, I don't want to say, you know, because you, you can kind of draw some parallels with Apple that way where everything has to go through the App Store, everything has to go through this, everything has to go through that. But BlackBerry is a lot, lot more locked down than that where all your data basically is going through one set of servers. Is all it, your data is going through this. All your data is going through that in addition to any apps you're buying, anything, you but know, it is uh, websites easier. you're visiting. Everything goes through their servers. It is easier, though, to handle on an enterprise side of things. When, things, when everything is all locked down, wouldn't it help the management side it, of it? it? That is easier to do, but you know we're getting you know other devices are getting there. Um, iOS five introduced some new cor- uh, corporate features, especially if you have a if you have a Mac OS ten server, um, you can do a lot of control over your iDevices. Um, I know Windows Phone has been that way pretty well from the beginning. You can do a lot of control if you have Windows servers, which you know honestly, who, what, how many corporations don't? Um, you know, Android. I'm not sure about that. I'm not too familiar with that on a corporate level. We haven't dealt with very many of them. But, um, you know, the Blackberries, we've had a lot of Blackberries come through and, uh, and we've, they usually work okay, but, you know, we have had a lot of problems with them too. And I will not be sad to see that, to see that Blackberry server go at all. I I, personally, I'm not sad to see Blackberry go from my company either. I mean, I love the email aspect of it, you know, a nice physical keyboard. It works well for what it does. You know, email, that's pretty much the only yeah, thing I use it for. Yeah, and that's where they started. They yeah. started with email on, on your phone, and they still do that really, really well. They don't do much else very well. Yeah. I mean, well, of course, I haven't used any brand-new BlackBerry devices, but based <laughs> on the rate that their, their, their tablet devices have sold and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure they haven't improved very many things. Yeah. I, I think BlackBerry still does have a niche for those organizations who want simplicity uh, and want something, you know, just a simple platform for email and a phone that doesn't drop calls, even though my phone does. But I'm just saying. <laughs> and, mean, and are willing to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Because having BlackBerry in Enterprise is really expensive. Yeah, yeah. John, you've mm-hmm. been quiet over here on this topic. BlackBerry. Have you ever had a BlackBerry, John? No. Do you even care about BlackBerry? No. You just care about Android. It works. <laughs> You're so quiet over there, just like. <sighs> well, you know, you guys are the ones that use the. Yeah, but you use a phone. Yes, I use a phone. You use a phone. My phone. <laughs> I use my phone. All right. Well, hopefully, Rim and their changes will help them become a solid number three player because they're still significant. They still have market share. And obviously, with the shakeup, they're trying to make some changes to make themselves more viable. Well, they've got a tough job. Well, they do. They're, you know, with Android and iPhone, I mean, and iOS coming on strong, absolutely mm-hmm. they do. For sure. Great point, John. Yeah. I know. You, you make some good points from time to time. <laughs> You're so quiet over there, man. <laughs> uh, Everything I, all right tonight? Yeah. It, I had a bad... It was... Actually, you know, they just I let the bad jokes let, just slide on by. I wasn't going to say it. I mean, you got to be careful. Sometimes you can get a bad rim job. So, yeah. moving forward, <laughs> uh, Real Networks has decided to sell off some of their patents to Intel. That's right. Intel's the latest company to buy patents from Real Networks, uh, snatching them up at a cool $120 million. Now, some of these patents include. Some next generation video codec software. Now, Real Networks, some of you kiddies may or may not remember, they are the same company that made the illustrious Real Player, which, when you installed on your system, would take three years to remove. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
thing was so bloated. Uh, I don't even remember the last time I used anything real network related. Uh, but obviously, they are the uh, the founders of the Rhapsody service, and they also have a lot of other stuff. But obviously, they're raising some capital, selling off some patents. Is this another company that we should watch, uh, put on the death watch, beginning and the end? Real Networks? John, you brought up this story. What do you think about this? Yeah, you know, you know, Kodak kind of went, you know, they started selling off stuff, trying to yeah. try to stay afloat, you know, Real Networks. Because you know, I, I haven't heard anything really big or new from them in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong there. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and you're going okay. Well, what what what's new that they've made that they feel that they can't put to use that uh, Intel? Well, needed? It, it's funny you mentioned that, John, because Thomas Nielsen, the president and CEO of Real Network, said in a statement, "Selling these patents to Intel unlocks some of the substantial and unrealized value of Real Network's assets. It represents an extraordinary opportunity for us to generate additional capital." to boost investments in new businesses and markets while still protecting our existing business. So really, they're trying to raise money to get involved in new ventures because they realize all this old technology and all these old patents that they have, they're not doing anything for them, so they might as well sell them. I guess they're yeah they're not off running by say hey we got this thirty year old you know thirty year old patent let's, let's see what can we who can we sue that's using stuff off this that hasn't paid for it. Well, probably their patents are so old and so unique that no one would dare use them anyway. But <laughs> Joe, any comments on real networks? Do you have that software still installed on your on your computer, by the way? No, I haven't had any real stuff installed in a long time. <laughs> uh, the only thing I think that's kind of interesting about real is um, the 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 whole deal that they did with Rhapsody, where they hacked the iPod so that they could run the Rhapsody songs on the iPod, oh. um, and really pissed off Apple when they did it. But I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, I forget what they called that particular software, but they made it so that their their traf- their tracks would play on the iPod because at the time the iPod was, you know, pretty much the only large storage um, MP3 player, the, at least the only popular one out there. So, but um, this isn't that surprising. Intel's been wanting to get into streaming media and stuff like that for a while. Um, it makes sense they're going to buy it from somebody, and Real did do some of the very first streaming media uh, stuff out there. That's absolutely true. So it, it's, a, it's probably a real good place for them to go. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, Real, one of the pioneers when it comes to streaming anything, streaming yeah. video and audio. So. Yeah. so we'll see how long. I mean, I don't know if this means the beginning of the end for Real or you know what, but uh, you know, we'll have to see. I, 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 I have to imagine Real has some sort of plan um, that this cash is going to give them the ability to, to move forward on to hopefully make, bring them back into rel- relevance. Absolutely. Yeah, their streams have gotten kind of weak. <laughs> Maybe they'll switch to streaming porn only or something. I don't know. <laughs> totally missed that joke there, Joe. I didn't hear him. Oh, John was talking about weak stream. Um, oh, their streaming's gotten weak. Yeah, streaming's oh, um, it's it's next. You know, brought to you by r- real porn. Yeah. <laughs> I like to remind everybody that we are on a family-friendly network of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. For more information on the Tech Podcast Network, where you can watch our show on the Boxy app on the website, and on a lot of other platforms, including Google TV. Check them out. Techpodcast.com is the URL. T-Mobile has decided that they're going to be offering customer support to unlocked iPhone users. Now, this is a very, very interesting piece of news to report, but the vast majority of them, if you use an unlocked iPhone on T-Mobile, you're stuck with edge speeds. However, 
Uh, T-Mobile has internal documents and trained support agents to help you get your APNs set up correctly to take full advantage of the T-Mobile network. Uh, The carrier intends to provide basic support beginning on January 30th, including providing information about feature and specifications and other device questions to unlocked iPhone owners. The company has said that it's it's got over a million iPhones on its network alone, so it always makes sense to accept that they're not switching to Android or other types of services. Obviously, this is an about-face. T-Mobile, at first, they didn't even really care about iPhone users and supporting them in any capacity, but now they're going to. Um, Obviously, T-Mobile is picking up a whole bunch of bandwidth from AT&T because of the failed merger. One of the conditions of the failed merger was a Spectrum swap. Now, Joe, I don't know if you noticed, and kind of on a side story on this, not only T-Mobile is going to be supporting the iPhone now a little bit in, in a support capacity, but the Pacific Northwest, the West Coast, is actually picking up a lot of Spectrum from T-Mobile. I don't know if you caught the uh, the coverage map of the Spectrum swap, but a lot of it's uh, coming on the West Coast. Well, that's good. I mean, T-Mobile's coverage on the West Coast has historically been pretty bad. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this support thing with T-Mobile? And, and now they're going to support the iPhone unlockers out there. It did. It's a, I mean, it makes sense. There are a lot of, of people who are on iPhones who want to be on T-Mobile um, just as a cost savings. Uh, and I know that way back in the day, there were um, certain retailers. I don't, I don't, they weren't official. Of course, they weren't official T-Mobile stores, but they were uh, the resellers for T-Mobile products who, if you brought them a, a, an iPhone, would actually jailbreak it and unlock it and then put it on the T-Mobile network for you. Um, there were a few stories of the, those guys. I think they probably all got shut down pretty hard. But um, there were a few stories of those, that kind of thing happening. And um, it does suck, though, that you, you're stuck on edge. They don't, you, the spectrum is not the same um, frequency range for AT&T's 3G and T-Mobile's 3G. Although I believe the, the chips people have found, the, the radio cer- chips people have found in the iPhone 4, the 4S, I think the 4 and the 4S, maybe just the 4S, is technically compatible with... T-Mobile's frequencies, it just isn't turned on in the hardware. Right. Um, so there's that possibility. Do you think this is a possibility? Now, they're saying in the article from The Verge that it's unlikely that we're going to see the iPhone officially on T-Mobile anytime soon. But they're obviously now gearing up and offering support in some capacity. Do you think that the iPhone, maybe 5, coming down to T-Mobile in the future? I. Uh, you know, it makes sense. The iPhone's on basically every other every mainstream carrier except T-Mobile now in the United States, at least. Uh, it would make sense for them to start carrying it. Uh, I know that when the 4S was announced and it was announced on every carrier except T-Mobile, um, T-Mobile's CEO at the time said, we don't care. We think our Android selection of phones is great, and we don't have any qualms about not having, uh, not having the iPhone. And um, obviously, they may have changed that stance a little bit. They, it seems like they, they sort of read the writing on the wall that the iPhone is definitely a major player in the cell phone market so um i have to imagine if i was t-mobile if i was their ceo i would be trying to talk 18 or talk um apple into bringing it to my network pretty much as hard as i can uh i mean maybe there's some contractual things in there with uh, gsm maybe apple's not allowed to take it to another gsm network due to agreement with at&t but um you know time will tell it'd be nice yeah. you know, it's always good to have more competition absolutely even if it's all colluded so yeah uh, so i've yeah, heard that's true uh Microsoft is reportedly working. This is a transitional story for us. This is geeky and gaming at the same time. Ooh. Microsoft Ooh. is reportedly working on Connect-enabled laptops. 
the Daily is reporting that Microsoft is working on getting its Connect technology shoved into laptops. Uh, right now, the uh, the the Daily is reporting that there's a pair of prototypes that are Asus netbooks running Windows 8, and their webcams have been replaced with array of sensors that run across the top of the screen and, and LEDs uh, along the bottom of the screen. So I think it'd be kind of neat, I guess, to have Connect on your laptop. Um, obviously, the Connect is not just for gaming. It could be used for uh, voice commands. It could be used to help move menus and manipulate certain things on a screen, not necessarily game-related. So it does remain to be seen how and what Microsoft is planning on using the Connect for on a laptop setting. Uh, but it's very, very interesting. It's introducing another type of interface. One one thing that I've kind of speculated on that I think would be great on a computer is for usability, for people that have disabilities and uh, limitations in using limbs or using their voice and, or you know maybe have they have partial limbs and they're, they're able to manipulate things on the screen with the assistance of a Kinect device. Um, I don't know if you guys have any comments on this, uh, but uh, Joe, I'll let you... If you do, <laughs> once you go. I mean, it's just a neat informational story that to see that Microsoft's trying to use their technology and put it into uh, the PC world, and even on laptops. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. Uh, I know people have put, you know, they've they've hacked the uh, um, the Connect on other and other applications, and of course, Apple or Apple. I'm sorry, Microsoft released the SDK for Windows for the uh, Connect. Um, I would note that you don't need a Connect to do voice recognition on a computer. That's true. They have microphones. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for pointing out that I made a stupid mistake. Go ahead. Yeah, but go but anyway, it. yeah, the, 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 the cool part of the Connect technology I've always thought has never been in gaming. Um, I think it's way overblown in gaming. I think it's, it has a lot more application in other, in other fields and other areas. And um, I'm just not sure how useful it would be on a laptop. I, I suppose we'll have to wait and see what they're plotting or what they're thinking about plotting with this. Well, the porn industry will like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Always comes back to porn, doesn't it? Yeah. it I, well, I it's guess the internet. So. <laughs> thank, thank you, John, for bringing it all, all back to uh, uh, what you apparently believe is most important. Here, let me take help you take off your clothes. Or... <laughs> okay, turn around. No, well, right. I mean, actually, you know, that's a that's a, uh, an interesting point is, you know, we I remember seeing videos um, or seeing a movie a long time ago where uh, they talked about one of the or one of the things it was some guy in the future and one thing that they were able to do is have a hologram of the image of you a hologram of you wearing different clothes so that you could see how they fit how they looked on you and then you could buy them online that way ah, and yes. that's something that the connect yes. actually could be good at absolutely that's so, a great great you know, i mean that's even though that point. that seems a little silly but um that no. could be something that, that they could be looking at with this. Joe, that that's a great, of. normal, legitimate point. John, you're banned for more porn jokes from the show. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll leave it to Cameron. Cameron will pick it up there. All right. In the let's, chat. Let's move on to gaming topics. And one of the huge gaming news of the week wasn't really a game, but it was an app. It was an app made by a huge gaming distribution platform known as Steam. Valve introduced a mobile beta version of Steam for Android and iOS. Uh, they introduced it last week, and obviously it's in beta right now. A lot of people were disappointed, including myself, when I went to download the app and, and installed it. Joe's showing it now on his phone. <laughs> There's Joe with the, the, the app there. Logged in, even. Logged in, even. What do you think of it, Joe? 
Uh, you know, I haven't played with it on a high bandwidth connection very much. I've mostly been on, th- been on 3G, but it seems kind of cool. I mean, you can chat with your with your uh, uh, friends on Steam. You can go through and, and update your wish, wish, uh, wish list, add stuff and remove stuff to it. You can buy, you can even buy games through Steam for it, which I'm a little curious about that because I thought the Apple agreement for apps was that they took a cut of any sales that happen on an app on the iPhone. But maybe that's only for products that go on to the iPhone. Right, they're not, you're not buying any, you're not downloading any apps. Right, you're not getting anything right. for your phone, you're right. getting something for your computer through your phone. So I guess you can liken that to the Amazon app where you can buy an Amazon product, and Apple's not taking a cut because you're actually buying it from Amazon as a physical product, not as something you're putting on your phone. Um, and why the, uh, <clears throat> on the same note, the Kindle, mm. the Kindle app on the iPhone, you can't buy a book in because then you are buying that book and putting it on your phone, oh, that's which Apple correct. would want to cut for. Right. So, um, but no, I, it seems pretty cool. It's got some really cool features. You can, uh, you can get your, your friend's timeline. It's loading right now. But you can get your friend's timeline and see the things they've done. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. I mean, it's basically got a lot of the same features that the, the desktop version of it has, only you can't play the games because, of course, you can't play those games on your phone. Right. Ooh, um, but does that, now, does this open up a door or down the line for Valve doing... Uh, Games for mobile? You know, I don't think so. No, um, I could see, I could see Steam Mobile becoming a platform they push for for phone developers and carriers to use as their gaming system. And honestly, I would rather have that than um, than uh, like iOS has the built in uh, Game Center. I think mm-hmm. Steam's a little bit better than that because it's already been established. It's already got a really really good reputation. It's already worked across multiple things. But, but I mean, you go, you know, you use the app, or you can even like from your desktop, you log into Steam and go, "Well, that's a pretty cool game." I, you know, and buy it, and it's a, it's a, you know, uh, it's a mobile game for your phone. You know, you can, you could, you would be able to do that on Android, but you would not be able to do that on Windows or iPhone or iOS devices. Hmm. And the reason for that is. Both of those require them to come from the official stores. Yeah. I, uh, so maybe if they released a jailbroken version of it, but I'm pretty sure Valve's not going to do that because they're <laughs> going to want to stay above board on most of this stuff. Yeah, I, I um, see. I see this app as an accessory to the Steam system, an ecosystem mm-hmm. where you know you can yeah. see what your friends are playing, see what's going on. With actually, I know we're all lazy by nature, but mm-hmm. without actually having to go to the computer. Hey, you could be sitting on your butt watching TV and see, hey, my friend's playing such exactly. and such a game. I'm going to play that with him and, and run over your computer. Someplace. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I like that a lot. I, I, I think it's cool. Um, you know, I, 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 I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it because it just unlocked, for me at least, on Saturday, and I was at the LAN all weekend. Um, but uh, no, I, I definitely think it's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they uh, introduce notifications where the, the app will push a notification to you to say, hey, uh, SP Kenny's playing, uh, you know, Eve or Joe's playing Train Simulator. You know, hey, you might want to jump on and. <laughs> and one of the cool things about it is it is really cross-platform. Um, yeah, it's true. Released it for Android and iOS. I think they're planning on releasing it for a Windows Phone. And uh, I know that there's been a lot of people on the forums who've ironically been asking for it on WebOS. <laughs> So from PC to Nintendo, we don't give a lot of Nintendo love on this show, but here's some Nintendo love. Nintendo Network is official. It's going to start on the Nintendo 3DS and extend its way to the Wii U. Wii U. Wii U. Wii U. The company confirmed that Nintendo Network is the new name for the online service on the 3DS, and it will be extended to the Wii U when it launches later this year. Well, one of the features, there will be user accounts for the Wii U, and... No more awesome friend codes. 
digits. Which are those super long, like 16-digit codes, aren't yes, they? Yes, exactly. That's all going away. There'll be user accounts. They'll offer retail games for purchase via digital download. Obviously, that's already in place for the 3DS right now. Uh, no doubt there'll be more details released at E3, and obviously the Wii U, as they've talked about, will be released by the end of the year. Probably holidays. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. be a gift that everybody will want under the tree. Hopefully they'll change the name. I don't like the name. I, they're not going to change the name. No, they won't change the name. From Nintendo now to the Xbox 360. Right now you can get a one-year one Xbox Live Gold subscription for thirty five ninety nine. If you buy from Amazon or Newegg, you'll have to wait for the physical card to be sent to you, but it does qualify for free shipping. So if you want to save some money on an Xbox Live Gold, which you'll need for Netflix, Hulu Plus, ESPN, Facebook, all that fun stuff, you can get it for for cheap. Thirty five ninety nine. So Joe, you can reactivate for cheap. Nah. And Iron Joe's quiet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it says this was a one-day-only deal. Oh, it's over now? Never mind. On the 26th. Oh, that's lame. So it's already late. It's too late. Sorry, everybody. That was a terrible story. That was. Terrible. Yeah. Who added that? Chase. Me. It's all my fault. Really? Uh, it's just a one-day sale? God, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just went there, and, and they're, they're, they're at like $45. So they're oh, still cheaper than buying it through the Xbox, but... Uh, um. But yeah, it's not thirty-five anymore. All right, right so we so we got PC. We covered PC with Steam. Uh, we yeah. got uh, Nintendo well, that was with mobile. the Wii. That was, that was mobile. Okay, uh, Nintendo with the Wii. Yeah. Uh, Xbox. The, the next box. Uh, what's next? Uh, I guess Sony. All right, good. Sony. Yeah, Sony. There we go. Yay! The but Sony. it's not a PS3 t- thing, it's so nobody's so- going to care. I'm, I'm saying Sony. I'm just saying Sony. Yeah. Sony reveals the new 3G Wi-Fi PS Vita bundles with free data, PlayStation Network games, and memory cards for everyone. Everyone. There you go, yes. Obviously, it hasn't sold like hotcakes, but it's going to come out here for $350. You'll get a bundle with 250 megabytes of data from AT&T. You'll get a PlayStation Network game as soon as you activate the 3G on the device. Oh, yes. Isn't that great? I don't think this is going to sell like hotcakes here either. <laughs> so everybody's playing the, on their phones, right? I, I was actually thinking about that over the weekend, but I'll I'll talk about that in a second here. Um, so this is going to be oh the three G version of the Wi Fi only PS Vita or Vita. Well, or, it's a three G Wi Fi version. Yeah, the three G version of of the Vita. It's a hundred bucks more, so it's three hundred and fifty bucks. Plus, you got to buy data. Oh no, you'll receive. 250 megs of data from AT&T. No word. Oh, as soon as you activate. No word if that's a continuing go or if that's a one-time, though. Uh, well, no. The, I would assume that you have to keep... You do. You, to, you know, you have you know, to bill keep... Bill monthly on that. Yeah, you have to, you have to bill, uh, bill monthly, yes. <sighs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but what I, what I was thinking the other day, I was, I was playing on my iPhone, and I was like, you know what's really funny about this is Nokia tried to make people play games on their phones and failed miserably because they tried to make a phone a gaming platform. And instead, with the iPhone and Android, they made a phone a phone, and then they made it be able to play games. Right. Which I thought was interesting. It's sort of a a different approach to it. I could see how that works better. So if Sony wants to be serious about this, maybe they should make their phones be better gaming systems 
And so put the PS Vita technology or whatever their, you know, the, the, the processor power, that sort of thing, into one of their phones. Keep it the same phone size factor so people can carry it around in their pocket. And then maybe they'll be able to actually make a market of this PS3 on, you know, call it the PS3 phone or the PS phone or something like that instead of the PS Vita. What a stupid name it is anyway. Here, First, you know, we here's a total Vita. sidebar thing. For the longest time, I never thought that Sony would be around for so long with the PSP. When, when the PSP first launched, you had the stupid UMD discs, and the battery life was really terrible. Yep. And then they came out with the PSP Go, I think it was. And now you Yeah, got, with the sliding, the sliding screen or something? Yeah, and now you yeah. got the PS Vita. Why does Sony... Why are they still hanging out and trying to stay in this race? You know, it's it's funny. Every every console, every handheld console that's gone up against whatever Nintendo's offering has always failed. And I don't think it has anything to do with technology. I don't think it has anything to do with controls. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has everything to do with properties. Nintendo has by far the best properties on the handheld gaming market. Now, the the phones are starting to beat in on that with some of the really nice, you know, Angry Birds and stuff like that. Some of those t- titles are hitting really, really strong. But I still think. Um, that you know, Mario and Zelda and, and the properties that Nintendo owns on the mobile platform are what's really driving that. Pokemon especially. That's probably the worst one. I mean, best one. Um, <laughs> really, really driving Nintendo's market is, right. is that they're the ones who own all that. They're the ones who've been doing it for the longest, and they seem to do a really good job at it. There are people who hate it. There are people who think it's pointless and worthless, and, and they're never going to bother with it. But those are the same people who are not going to ever pick up a PS Vita either. Yeah. The other oh. the other thing to think of of you know we, we get kind of almost tunnel vision because we we look at what's what the mindset or of the people here in the U.S. are um, as far true, yeah. as you know look at look how big uh, you know the handheld stuff is over in Japan you know yeah. o- over in the other countries but again know. a lot of that I think is is plat is you know the 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 ownership the platform driven what t- games or what titles are available That's on true. the platforms. Um, you're never going to be able to have a handheld game that you're going to be able to play an FPS on it and have a satisfying experience. It's no. just going to suck every time. Yeah, you're not going so to play Halo have, on something like that. <laughs> yeah, you have to have platformers and you have to have other types of games that are going to be better at it. The, the, I think the closest you can, you're going to be able to get to a 3D game or to a you know, first-person style game is, is like Zelda or Mario where they have the 3D, the third-person game. Um, you know, or uh, uh, why can't I think of the zombie game? They've done, they've done like 30 of them now. They made uh, some movies. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> that's all right. With, uh, with Octopus Corporation. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. I mean, that's, you know, Umbrella Corporation. Those games, I think, <laughs> would, work, would work reasonably well. Um, but it's, I think it's all about the games, and people realize that the PS Vita, the PS... God, that's such a stupid name. The PS Vita doesn't have what... Every, everything that, that people are going to want. Um, you know, the PSP is pretty much a dying platform, and this is, I don't know, I, maybe Sony thinks this is going to bring it back, but I don't think it's going to. I'm not going to buy one. Is anybody else going to buy one? No. No, no not going to happen. Sorry. No. No dice. No. Of course, I said that about the PSP, and I have a PSP in the drawer behind me, too. So. No. Yes, but how long has it been in that drawer? Um, a while. There you go. Yeah, it's way in the back, too. The Vita sounds like an energy drink, but anyway... Of course, the only reason I bought this PSP was for that. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. You're that guy. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, Joe, you took it down off the camera before Chase got even got clicked over to you. Oh, I got it. I got oh, it. Oh, I saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking know. at the del- delay. I don't know if anybody you uh, anybody you if anybody out there watches the Jimmy Fallon show Late Night with Jimmy Fallon on the NBC Peacock Network. Who's that? It's a guy named Jimmy Fallon. Okay. He's a gamer. He's a geek. Uh, we'd love to have him on the show sometime. Um, he's the guy who took over uh, um, Conan O'Brien from O'Brien. Yes. And then said, no, I want to stay out of the O'Brien-Leno feud. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to piss off anybody. Well, yeah. Can you blame him? Yeah. yeah he had a job. He had a sweet job. Yeah. He's been reasonably successful there, too. Yeah. yeah he's, he's you know, you know, for that late night, he's good. I like watching Craig Ferguson. I mean, there's both of the guys are really funny. Anyway, that's besides the point. So last year, actually almost two years ago now, about a year and a half ago, Jimmy Fallon set a record for playing the most games played. Now I'm going to start playing a clip from the show. And for some reason now we have... Oh, I muted the audio, so I'll unmute the audio. Fail. Fail. All right, so so basically he has all these consoles... Somebody does. Nintendo, Sega, and he's going to set a record for the most games played, different consoles played. So he's got a whole bunch there. And there, of course, are requirements here. It's not like he just picks up a controller and walks right. away. Sure, Jimmy. Uh, we have the uh, original NES with uh, Legend of Zelda. Sega Genesis, which has Sonic. All right, so good games, decent games. Donkey Kong Country. The crowd's cheering, and they don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo 64 with Star Fox. There's somebody on the side flashing the crowd. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's true. Katamari. Yes. Katamari. Mm. The PS3 and uh, Street Fighter 4. Okay. We and Tiger Woods, and then the Xbox 360 and Madden. All right. Let's do this. I'm ready. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. And those two officials are legitimately from the Guinness Book of World Records gaming division. Yeah, you can tell because they have uh, yellow yellow yeah, jackets. the jackets. Full jackets, yeah. Which, for some reason, only LPGA pros and the Guinness people can wear. Yeah. And uh, and sports casters. No, oh, no. That, yeah, no, no. Uh, that's the that's night job. Day job, they work for Century 21. Oh. He's spending way too much time in Crazy Taxi. He likes that one. I don't. I don't know if that qualified as gameplay. I don't. We're gonna have to look up the minimum requirements. So you guys get the gist, okay? Yes. He's gonna, I, I, the minimum requirements are actually right here. Okay, so Joe, why don't you read to us the uh, minimum requirements? Okay. Uh, in order to attempt to count, or in order for the attempt to count, you must make forward progress in each game, and you must not use the same console twice. So or a console twice, so it has to be different consoles. So you can't even like use two different SNESs or two different uh, Wii's or two different Xboxes. You can't use an Xbox more than once. You can't use a SNES more than once. That sort of thing. Uh, SNES is Super NES for those who yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and you have to make forward progress. So like uh, as an example in um, uh, in the uh, um, in Madden, he obviously started a play. So that made forward progress in the game. Okay. In Zelda, he picked up the sword, forward progress in the game. Crazy Taxi, he probably picked up a fair. Maybe that's what took him so long, is he had to find a fair. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, he just ran through the level a little ways. That's forward progress. Picked up a few rings, killed one character. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he did do forward progress in each one of these games. But, um, but that's not really what the story's about. Okay. Well, the story's I, I... about 
his nine consoles, which is pretty cool. I mean, we saw the video. Yes. It actually was fairly cool. All right. But we got Being beaten. It, that's right. So this was beaten recently. And so now here's the video. It's a, it's a much quicker video, so we'll play through it in its entirety, of his record being beaten with some different games in there. So we'll, we'll let you guys be the judge. Hi, I'm Ryan Sullivan. Uh, we are at OhioCon, which is a Japanese animation and gaming festival here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we are here to attempt the uh, most consoles played in 60 seconds record held by Jimmy Fallon. Uh, just a brief rundown of the consoles that we're running right now. We've got uh, Super Mario World on the SNES, Wii Sports Resorts, um, Super Street Fighter 4 on the Xbox 360, Super Smash Bros. Melee for the GameCube. On the NES, we have Legend of Zelda, Crazy Taxi for the Dreamcast, Gex for the PlayStation, Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis, One thing I'll- the original Xbox for the... PlayStation 2, Namco Museum 50th Anniversary Edition, the game specifically will be Rolling Thunder. On the Sega Saturn, we have Revolution X, Tekken 3 for the PS3, and on the Atari VCS down on the small screen, we have Missile Command. All right, let's go ahead and get this started. Okay, so he's going to get started. The one thing is, uh, it takes a lot to set up the the modes and get it to the right spot in the game. Three, two, one, start. So there he goes. First one. Second one. Third one. How come that noise sounded the same? Forty-five. <laughs> well, the games are the same. Fifteen, sixteen. He's still going. Ten, nine, go. eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Time. Got him off in time. Thirteen. Let's make sure that one, two, three. And that's four, the ultimate nerd. Did you see how he said thirteen? That is full thirteen. Yeah, I got thirteen. Gotcha. See if you can beat me again. Again? What do you mean beat him again? What do you mean? Beat did me he have again? the previous record? I don't Jimmy know. Found? Did he? I don't know. I just picked that up. Beat me again. Maybe he did hold the record originally, and Fallon took it back, and then or Fallon took it, and then this guy's taking it back. Do you, Do you guys think that this takes it, uh, carries any weight? Uh, I you know it's hard to say. Twice. I mean, Fallon, uh, Jimmy Fallon, of course, made a big deal of having the the um, the Guinness Records guys there, but then he's a celebrity. It's not that hard to get those guys to do whatever they want for the press. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Um, I don't know. I don't see why it wouldn't count. It should, as long as they the video was clear enough. It looks like he did forward progress in each one of the games. I would say it should count. I would say so, but it, isn't it though? For maybe they make the the the, the rules different, but before for world record, you have to do it twice. Yeah, I thought. No, it depends on the category. Oh, okay. So I mean, because okay. you know, some things you you some things you only have to do once. Things that have an environmental effect, you'd have to do twice. So the the big example is like um uh, high, world uh, speed records. You have to run it in both directions. Oh, that makes so sense. So that any wind effect is negated. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. So. Well, but there's in-game environments that could affect how long it took to make forward uh, progress. Oh, here goes John. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, just saying. John, you're going to set a record for the most buzz kills in a, in a show. <laughs> <laughs> so, final gaming story, and then we'll move on to our picks of the week. I really wanted to get to the story and not, uh, not get rid of it. A U.S. airman based in Afghanistan couldn't download Bastion. Uh, or Bastion. Bastion? Bastion? Ba- Bastion, I think. Bastion. Bastion. Um, game that he really enjoys, but obviously the internet connection in Afghanistan isn't the greatest in the world. Not so fast. Not so fast. So he couldn't connect to Steam to download the game. So he sent an email to Supergiant, the creator of Bastion, to see if, he ha- if they had any plans to release a physical version of the game. Now, he got a response from the creative director, Greg Cassavan, who said that the studio did not plan on releasing a physical copy, but it instead, and instead of leaving at that, the company created a physical version of the game and sent it overseas with a Bastion bandana. I got to say, when I see stories like this and I see game studios doing this kind of thing, um, obviously they did this sort of thing not thinking it was going to go viral, not thinking it was going to hit any type of news. They were just trying to do something good for a soldier doing the job overseas, and I got to commend them, Supergiant, for doing something like this. This is just phenomenal, awesome story, good thing. Shows they care. Shows they care. I love that stuff. You guys are fighting for our right to be able to sell this stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> You're fighting in <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, now, as Richard explains in his Reddit post, all Kazavan asks for return is to get me a copy of, get a copy of the game on Steam when he comes home. After all, what's fourteen ninety nine when you already got a priceless one of a kind DVD edition? <laughs> that's freaking awesome! Freaking yeah. awesome! Too that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's interesting that he said uh, that that Kasavan, the uh, or Kasavan, the the creative director, he says they get emails from fans all the time, but this was the first time they'd had an email from somebody who wanted to play the game but couldn't because he didn't have internet access. That that's interesting on a couple different levels to me. Yes, which I don't want to get into. I I, I know it, it it does open up the door for that discussion. Yeah, but we'll leave this at this, and we'll leave that discussion for another episode. But I I agree with you, Joe. But uh, but very good stuff, awesome stuff. Thank you for your service, all your soldiers out there uh, who don't have good internet access to download the games that you want to play, because unfortunately, physical versions of those games aren't available. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's now time uh, for our picks of the week. Week, week, week. These are things that we may find neat or cool or geeky, and then we want you to know about. We also slice up these clips of ge- picks of the week, and we put them on our YouTube channel uh, so you don't have to watch the whole show. If you just want to find out what we like, you can check out the picks of the week, and we have a whole playlist of a lot of them on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to it, and you'll get them as they're released. So, John, you're going to be first this week. What is your pick of the week? My pick was a little game I saw played this weekend. A little um, game? A little game. Okay. What's it, was, it called? It's a... Uh, ooh, wow. You got, it's, it's called... Universe Sandbox. All right. Universe <laughs> Sandbox. Now... can be bought through Steam. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and... I'm playing a little bit of it, so you want okay. to talk about it? Yeah, um, you know, they actually got teased about you know by you guys the fact that this was my pick of the week. I bought the game. I could it. I had to reboot my box, and it wasn't going to take the time to do it to get it to play. Um, so I myself did not get to play it. So what's it all about? Um, 
from what I, I was watching everybody else playing, you can really uh, mess with the effects of the universe, and you can see how gravity has effect um, on on objects in space. Um, you can play with our universe. You can actually look at the planets that you know are here. Um, or you can start messing and creating your own universes and galaxies. Yeah, we're and seeing that right now. We're seeing like Earth being like kind of destroyed in a way, and <laughs> the uh, pop molecules and gravity things. And yeah, I mean for nine ninety nine, it's you know, it was cool. It was a really you know cool looking game. Looks great. I mean we're we're looking at this intro. Uh, they call it Universe Sandbox, the interactive space simulator. What's the cost? It was nine ninety nine, and if you live in here in Washington, of course you're gonna have to pay tax on that. Of course, universalsandbox.com, and and John, can you get it on Steam, or do you have to get it direct from them? Um, you, it's you can get it through Steam. Uh, their website um, actually has an it looks like oh, an yeah, there installer. Is, there is a link for Steam. You can buy it on Steam, or or download their deal and buy it directly from them if you don't want to go through Steam. But I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, Joe, how do you like you've messed around with it? How do you like playing with it? Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it lets you do really kind of interesting things. Like uh, you you, it has a bunch of pre built um, places, so you can take uh, one of the things I did was I took just the Earth and the Moon in their current orbit, and added another Moon uh, just to see how it affected things. And then was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I can make Earth a binary system. So then I added another Earth, and uh, you know things like that. So it's it's a really cool thing. The other thing I did was uh, took our solar system made uh, the sun 15 times more massive than it is currently, uh, which means every other, you know, all the planets in the system basically rocketed straight towards the sun <laughs> and uh, started orbiting in, in way, way different ways. Uh, but um, it, is, it is really cool. It's really interesting. It's, uh, the videos that they showed are a little deceptive because it's kind of hard to get to some of them <laughs> to, uh, to actually build some of those things. But, uh, you know, once you put some time into it, it is actually kind of a lot of fun, a lot of weird, weird things you can do and, and play with and, and get working. Do you need to have a Ph.D. to play it, though? I would say you don't need a Ph.D. to play it, but if you had one, you'd probably get more out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go, folks. The uh, game is called Universe Sandbox. You can find it on Steam and also on their website at universesandbox.com. It's one of those games that makes you go, hmm, hmm. Thanks, John, for the pick. Good pick. You're welcome. Mr. Joseph Falby, what is your pick of the week? Well, um, mine's a, uh, it's less gamey and way more technical. Oh, boy. So we, we but were... it's way, also way, way revolutionary. Okay, so but this is more of a story, not a game. This is more of a story. It's not really a game. This is something that's going to be really impactful in us in, in the future, in the actually relatively near future, in the next five to ten years. Um, so right now, everybody knows, or most people should know, when you're storing data, you store data on, in magnetic particles, basically. Mm-hmm. Right now, those magnetic particles are, are relatively large, um, at, least, at least several hundred, if not several thousand atoms in size, which seems small, but are, is, is fairly large compared to what IBM just figured out. They figured out how to store one bit of magnetic data in 12 atoms. Um, so, and one bit, of course, is a, is a, a yes or a no, or a one or a zero. So, it, it one bit is not terribly useful, but in twelve atoms, it's really amazing. Um, so, you can do an entire byte in ninety six atoms. It's, uh, but it, it's huge. It's actually really, really big news. Um, they're saying this is going to smash uh, all the previous, you know, the previous hard drive improvements we've seen. You know, they, they talk about hard drives going faster than Moore's law. Um, 
it's which is absolutely true they do this is going to make you know petabyte disks feasible uh you know having a hard drive that can literally store a petabyte on it this is something that will make that feasible in the next like i said probably five to ten years is when they think they're going to be able to implement this so in a in a large environment not not just a single few at a time so but it's it's actually really big news it's really complicated there's a lot of physics involved in it um but at, at its core we're going from several million atoms or several hundred thousand atoms to store one bit of data to 12. So, so now is this going to – in usage, I mean could this be used at, you know, in, in like the solid-state drive stuff or is this more – No, this is, this is magnetic storage. So this would be on a, on a, a hard disk or that sort spinning. of technology. Okay. Um, solid-state, of course, is uh, – nor SSDs, they're not magnetic. They're, they use um, – uh, they use memory or, or electrical circuits that will stick in place. Okay. Uh, sometimes with current applied, sometimes with not. So, but but yeah, this is not really related to that. This is mostly for massive amounts of storage. Um, you know, like I said, you'll be able to store a, a petabyte in in something the size of a standard three and a half inch drive now. Very, man, so the estimated time of arrival on this could be soon. And the cost will be who knows many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's uh, right now the cost is infinity, um, and uh, but that should be coming down. Well, as all good technology, it does come down in price over time. So, no, so very cool stuff. It is really cool tech. It's something that will will drive the industry. Um, it 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 landed with a bang in the people who were involved in it, um, but the rest of the world was kind of like, huh. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, the cool thing is too is here's IBM doing something again. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, well, IBM still around. This is the sort of thing that IBM is really, really well known for in this sort of industry is is they're not um the, their public face is not their strong face. Their strong face is their R and D. Um, they've done a lot of R and D stuff in the, in the past that have really influenced the industry. It's just the consumers don't realize it because usually the tech is licensed and used by everybody else. They bounce back. Boink. Very cool. Well, thanks, Joe, for your pick. I love those really geeky items. It's really cool. <laughs> We're going from something really geeky to something simple and smart. Uh, it's another app. I'm continuing uh, my track record of talking about apps. This week, I'm going to talk about the app called Path. Path is available for the iPhone and for the Android device. Now, here's what it looks like, and you might be thinking, Okay, looks pretty simple. Uh, well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, uh, play the, the ad uh, for this video so you guys can see what the hell I'm talking about. Um, so here is what it is all about. So the app, what it does is it's, it's basically it's a diary of what's going on in your life. You, you can take pictures, you can take videos, and then you can publish it out where people can follow your path, uh, thumbs up something, smiley face something. But the cool thing about it is how the app and the interface has a timeline effect, which is real simple and clean to use on like Facebook's timeline, in my opinion. But the neat thing about this app is you can take video, you can take pictures, you can just do something simple as, I just woke up, I'm going to sleep. And it's, it's smart to just kind of take a small little snapshot of what's going on in your life and puts in a nice, simple, clean interface for you. Um, and then you can have it pushed to your Twitter, push to your Facebook, uh, Tumblr, uh, your personal blog, anything like that. And I, and I like it. It's, it's really cool. And there you go. That's well, the video. 
But no, I, uh, it's free. Um, and uh, I, I've been using it if I want to push a simple picture to Facebook or a simple picture to Twitter. I've been using this app in place of Instagram or even Twitter's photo uh, po- program because at least with Path, I can see all the pictures I've taken previously in a nice, simple, clean interface. So it's basically you're just journaling the is a making a journal basically yeah, of of me of the your path of life that you've taken my path the day. yeah my journal of the day of the week um, and you can follow people if you want your family can follow you and the cool thing is if it push it once it if uh, you take a picture for example and you post it through path you'll push it to your Twitter and it'll push it to your Facebook and they don't need an account to view it they they don't need to look you know they don't they can sign up for one if they want to get the app for their phone. But I like this. It's very clean. Um, I like a well-designed app. It's free. It's really slick. I like it. Um, Joe's giving me a little flack on it before the uh, before the show and the pre-show. But uh, Joe, did you want to add in anything before we move on? Go ahead. It's okay. Uh, I, well, I know. I just think it 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 replicates. Oh, I can't. Uh, I think it replicates a lot of functionality already built into other. Um, into other news or other other social media apps, uh, Facebook and stuff like that, have a lot of the same features. Yeah, it's. True. I guess it's cool because it's a little. It, it is a better interface, stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, I was commenting. You know, I, I I'm beginning to feel like maybe John's right, and that I should become a a digital um, hermit and get out of all the social media stuff because I don't use it very much, and I don't really care. That's okay. Um, about a lot of the stuff people other people have to say, I don't really need to know when you're taking crap every week. Um, Do you want me to start doing that? <laughs> no. No, no, actually, I'm good with you not ever, ever, ever doing that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a cool app. It's a pretty app. Uh, the only question I have about it is, is it iPhone and Android phone only, or are they putting it on, on tablets as well? Um, I don't know if there's a universal version of the app. Obviously, it will run on those platforms, probably in a, you know, a bit mobile, you know, Interface, yeah, yeah with the the uh, the the zoomed interface. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe I'm actually looking on their website. I don't see it being on other. It just says Android and iPhone. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're interested in, in actually downloading it, you can go to uh, path.com/slash/download in your in your phone's browser, uh, or you can visit your phone's app store if you got it. Um, I do think I, I will add this one thing. It's a free app. Yes. And, and the statement that I heard a long time ago about free services on the Internet is if, it's, if the product you're using is free, you are the product. I'm the product. That, that the data you're giving to the service is the product they're actually selling. Yeah. Um, that's what they're actually after. And you in, in the industry that you're in, you know that probably better than almost anybody else. So. I just like the fact that I like the fact that it'll help follow your journey and help chronicle your life if you want to do that and not be in a Facebook environment or not be in a Twitter environment. I mean, people can just use the Path app on their phone and just follow you if that's all they want to do. And then you can really limit on the social media that you're really involved with and just be involved with one little thing if you want. But I like it. If you want to chronicle your life, add cool photo effects, video, journaling, that sort of thing. Path, check that out, path.com. And check it out on most of the app stores that are out there. I like mm-hmm. it. It's cool. Well, well, Android and iOS. I yes, yeah. It's not out for a Windows Phone. That's I'm true. Guessing or it's not OS. out for for uh, for WebOS. <laughs> what is that for WebOS? Well, hopefully Steam. If the guys in the forums get their way, ah, uh, they will. <laughs> <laughs> 
And by the way, um, Path is private by default, actually. You are always in control of your moments, and who can see them? That's what they say. Whatever. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. As always, you can follow us on our Twitter, talking about social media, at GeekGamerTV. You'll know when we go live. You'll know when we publish important stories and events. And you can head over to our website at geekgamer.tv, where you can check out the network of other shows that we have. The other one, me and meaning Minecraft Me, where Joe and I last Thursday were uh, we're hanging out with a guest yep. and screamed was... like little girls, and it was a lot of fun. It was a great, great stuff. <laughs> we're also we're also actually we're also on Facebook, uh, where you can follow us there. We're also on Google Plus. We're also on Steam. You can uh, find us. Everything you want to do and follow us, it's on our website at geekgamer.tv. And we have something new. We do? We, we, did you not know this? You didn't know that we're on Reddit as well now, John? No. That's right. Kenny's on there. Well, he will be in a minute. He's, uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> What? Huh? He's going to be VW Kenny on, uh, on Reddit as well. That's right. That's lies. It's not me. That's not you. But, <laughs> but uh, Joe, why don't you tell everybody real quick about our newest venture in the world of Reddit? So, yeah, we created a subreddit. It's just uh, GGTV. So if you go to reddit.com slash r slash GGTV, you can see uh, stories people have posted there. We don't have a whole lot of things there, there yet, but uh, hopefully that, will, that community will be expanding and growing. Um, it's a really good place to suggest stories to us for future shows. If you find something that you think we should cover in a in a new episode, that'd be great. It's I also a great place to leave us comments about uh, about the shows that we've done so far. Um, you know, I, I check it. It's on my list of uh, Reddits that I check every day or subreddits that I check every day. So I, I know I'm on there all the time. And I'm pretty sure Chase is going to be on there all the time, hopefully. Yep. I'm, all, I'm, um, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm already uh, there a, a lot more place. than usual. Um, there's we some will dark sign sides of uh, that. Kenny up for a Reddit account, yes. uh, and uh, we will try to get him to check it. Whether that will work or not, we'll have to see. So, yes, but uh, John, I mean, not Kenny. Yeah, Kenny's handle John. John, yes. I mean, Reddit.com/slash/slash/ggtv. The address on the bottom of your screen. Uh, share share that address and just send us yeah. your text stories. Send us uh, interesting pictures. Send us interesting videos. Whatever, uh, whatever is at least it's make it in the realm of geek and gaming. And we'll probably yeah, talk about it. Or Minecraft, uh, yeah. which is a game. Well, and Minecraft because it's a game, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we really want to start to kind of, as we get closer to episode number 200, um, I see us starting to move away from the normal mainstream geek stories and start to move more towards niche, lesser-known topics, things that are under the mainstream that aren't talked about as often. We're really, I really would love to see us move that way. We're, I, think, I think we'd also like to move more interactivity, too. I think yes. that would be good as well. And Reddit would do that. And I've already done a, a small test that we can do, uh, which we did, I want to say a couple weeks ago, Joe, of uh, Google Hangout. Oh, yeah. And so uh, Google Hangout uh, that we can actually broadcast live. <laughs> so we've already tested that out, and it does work. Um, so make sure that you're following geekgamer.tv on Google Plus. Now, John isn't there, but Joe and I are there out of necessity to kind of keep things down. But geekgamer.tv on Google Plus, make sure you follow that uh, because we'll eventually have Google Plus Hangouts where we'll hang out with you guys and we'll talk about anything you want and we'll broadcast it live on our channel on Justin TV at live.geekgamer.tv. Mm-hmm. Yes. John Kessler, he's the president of the uh, IRC chat room. Yeah. 
president of Chat Operations. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at VW Kenny. Really? Yes, you can. Wow. Actually, I'm just going to change your Twitter, John. I'm going to change it to John's Car. <laughs> I'm going to change your uh, handle to VW Kenny's Quantum. That's what I'll do. <laughs> no. <laughs> but John Kessler, he's also always keeping it ducky uh, in the chat room. Thanks, John. Any any yeah. final words? No. All right. <laughs> A man with few words. Yes. Also, Mr. Joseph Falby, you can follow him on Twitter at Falby, F-A-L-P-E-Y. I told Joe to get his name on Twitter because it's important. Even if you're not going to use it, get your name on Twitter. Might as well. I have my domain name. You know, Might as well get it on Twitter, too, I guess. Is his last tweet was back on January 20th, no doubt, when he was heading down to Arizona. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he said, I'm always amazed at the bewildered look some people have when boarding an airplane. You can read these awesome Twitter updates <laughs> if you follow Joe. On the- I would have taken photos, but that would have been kind of kind of weird probably for the people getting on the plane. A little, little – subs- uh, yeah. It's really funny uh, you know, when you ride Southwest and, and you're in the boarding groups. And you see the if you get on early enough and you see the seaboarders come on board and uh, and they're looking around hoping against all odds that there is not there's an unavailable non middle seat for them and um and that look of of utter disappointment when they realize there isn't is something truly to be cherished uh, <laughs> that's that seems a little dark, but I'm going to stick with it right. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Joe, and folks, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. At Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. This is my Twitter plug of the week. And um, I was going to show you guys. Uh, here's my Twitter feed. I, I do post some some neat pictures from time to time. Um, I found this picture on the internet. We had the big uh, snowstorm recently in Seattle. And as you can see there, Tom uh, Tom um, and uh, Space Needle in the background. Um, if you don't know where that's from, it's from Star Wars. And the big snow apocalypse that we had a couple weeks ago. But yeah, uh, and then I did, I did post some pictures of our adventures in the Portlandia area where I had a really awesome score on Indiana Jones where I got the number one high score with 214 million on Indy. Million. And hopefully they don't reset my scores, Joe. That'd be, oh, no. ve- that'd be do very weekly. disappointing. Hopefully not. Yes. I have not reset your score on, on my black hole machine. That's why I took a picture. <laughs> yeah, I have not reset that. I have gotten... Close. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not to resetting it to, to your score. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, okay. I have broken 800,000 uh, a couple times now. Oh, wow. Very good. So um, I'm getting close. Uh, my big fear is, you know, like you were saying, uh, don't you don't want to roll it because then it doesn't count. That's um, right. And you got it. You got 955,000, I think. Yeah, you want to get close enough to right roll it. right in there where it's going to be really hard to, not, right. to break that and not roll the machine. It's like the so. price is right. The closest you can get without going over. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's it, folks. We hope you had fun hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have any comments or any feedback for us, head over to our website at geekgamer.tv. Click on the contact us. Drop us a line. We would appreciate it. From all of us here on the network, we thank you for watching and listening to our show. We'll see you Thursday for another edition of Minecraft Me. Oh, one last thought. If you're catching us live right now, this is your last chance and opportunity to head over to geekgamer.tv slash contest where you can vote on the favorite Minecraft me contest for a contest contest idea where you can, we, where you can help give away a free ticket to PDX land 19 in Portland, Oregon. You have until tomorrow evening around five, six o'clock to vote. Then voting will be closed. Joe and I will start top high end 
talks to figure out who should be our votes. Because remember, we get 50% of the vote of who should be the ultimate overall winner of the contest. So make sure you get your votes in now. We will listen to them. GeekGamer.tv slash contest. Other than that, folks, thanks for much watching. We'll see you Thursday for Minecraft Me. Until we talk until we talk again, we are all silent. Good night, Gracie. Come on, Joe. Joe. What? 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 Pop second. I saw your. By the way, Joe, I saw your pop up for the. Uh, Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice how I seamlessly added that, rolled yes, that in? Yeah, yes. I did. I did notice that. That was that was smooth. That's. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I glanced down and I saw it flash. I was like, Reddit. Oh shit.